Welcome to Shining Bright with Serene Grace. Over the next hour, Serene, together with her guests, will inspire you to expand your mind, body, and spirit, and transform yourself. Now, here is your host, Serene Grace. Blessings, everyone. I'm your host, Shine Bright with Serene Grace on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Today, I have a very special guest and spiritual sister named Reverend Deborah Bishop, or Reb Deb, who I have known since fall of 2019 and worked on a few spiritual opportunities together. Award-winning performer and acclaimed energetic practitioner, Reverend Deborah Bishop is a light bearer, catalyst, and guide. A psychic from birth, Reb Deb has spent her life homing her skills as a psychic, medium, channel, and healing conduit. Deborah has also enjoyed a lifelong career as a recording artist, writer, actor, and visual artist. Deborah also hosts her own podcast entitled What If I Ran the World and is in the process of releasing her first oracle deck, The Temple of Dog, Spiritual Lessons for Humans from the Heart of Dog. Deborah is also very excited to announce that she has taken a leadership position for North American in the global formation of the new earth economy. For today's show, The Gifted Economy, How It Might Change Your World, we'll be discussing a growing movement that is making waves like never before. It is on community and the economy from a powerful perspective that includes an answer to the unstable economy. It is time to step into a new earth, a new ancient way of doing life together. Now, I'd like to welcome my special guest, Reverend Deborah Bishop. Hello, Deborah. How are you doing today? Hi, Serene. I am doing amazing. It's a incredibly beautiful day here in Nashville, Tennessee. At the moment, we're, you know, enjoying some nice warm weather. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I'm in Georgia, and we're having some beautiful weather, too. Especially fall has been a beautiful season. The foliage has been colorful, and it's just been a, a time to ground ourselves more for the rest of the year. Well, welcome to the show. I'm excited to talk about today's topic and also get your perspective on that. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about. Well, it's a, yeah, it's a topic that is very expansive. So, yes. (laughs) So let's get started, but let's start with you a little bit. Please tell me where you're from and more specifically your business and spiritual background first. Well, where I'm from, um, are we talking from an esoteric standpoint? <laughs> uh, so as a human being, I was born in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. My parents are originally from Africa. And um, then I moved to Los Angeles, spent some time in San Francisco, but, but settled in LA. Um, spent a chunk of time in New York, kind of being bi-coastal for a while. And now I am in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, who knows what's next? So that's, uh, that's a little bit about where I'm from. You asked about spiritual practice and so forth. I was kind of born this way, but for a long time, didn't really meet anybody or even know really how to articulate any of this. So um, I went through a private school education, which I'm very blessed to have. So I went to Catholic school, although I was never Catholic. So that was an interesting um, experience. And uh, I think it was when I was 18 or 16. I'm not, don't quite remember, but. Um, and that's when I kind of met the first person that ever kind of talked about the world and the, the way that, that I saw it to be. It was the first time I actually felt like maybe I belonged here. Uh, until then, I really didn't feel that way. Uh, and it was like kind of 
every time I learn something, it's like I walk into this giant library and the books just open up and everything falls in. So it's always been an interesting experience. I, I am studied and uh, trained in all sorts of different, that, that would be its own show. It's all sorts of different Eastern and Western philosophies, techniques, practices, and uh, also the different religious studies and so forth. I've looked at all the different types of religions and um, yeah, that's, I got my doctorate in divinity. Um, and so it's a very broad and diverse sort of life path. Um, I don't necessarily uh, subscribe to any one particular teaching. I really have come to a place where as an intuitive from a healing standpoint, I use whatever feels right to come through. That's just always been the way that I've worked. And um, as a, as a teacher, and again, I, I believe it to be a catalyst and conduit. I don't necessarily, um, I, I've gotten really good at, at stepping aside and letting spirit move through, letting the higher guides move through and healing energies and so forth. Um, I, I really believe that every teaching, every philosophy, every religion, I guess with, with maybe some exception, one or two things, um, they, they're, they're really all about the same thing. You just might call it different things. You might have a different way of getting there, but it's all about the same thing. So I practice these principles. These are my two um, uh, laws, if you will. Number one is if it's with harm to none, and number two is the golden rule, you know, uh, treat others as you'd like to be treated. So if whatever you believe falls into that, to me, we're all on the same page. I believe about the golden rule, what you do upon others, you do upon yourself. Mm -hmm. And I also know uh, we have done some interviews together on your show. You have helped me. And I've also known um, you since fall of 2019. Uh, we met at the Illuminati festivals the in Nashville. Illuminati. Yeah. Yeah. In Nashville. And when we connected, we had a very spiritual connection to be on the same page. And even though we have different backgrounds, but it all brought us together in oneness that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I think this show is going to talk about oneness. Now, in the last few years, you have pioneered into new opportunities to inspire your voice and truth into the world. Can you tell the viewers those great achievements? Um, well, that's interesting. Um, that's an interesting question because for me, it's sort of like, well, I, I don't really, I look at what I've accomplished as an accomplishment and, and then I kind of move forward. Time is really elusive to me. So I can be really bad at going, oh yeah, I did that. Um, so it depends what you're talking about. I mean, um, I've written some curriculums. I, I continue to teach my clients the signature system. I've been involved with some different projects and produced some different events. I've recorded an album. I've launched my show. So I, I'm not sure exactly what. So <laughs> what I mean the last few years, and since I've known you since 2019 mm -hmm. you have started a podcast called what if i ran the world and you had me as a guest on yeah. your show yeah. so would you like to tell the viewers a little bit about that yeah um that's a show that i just really felt guided to do um i have a big background in media and used to do talk radio and, and had call-ins to the show it's my favorite thing on the planet uh, and so this was kind of my first foray into the podcast and vodcast because we, we video everything and put it out. And I really felt called to do a show of what if I ran the world? Uh, because over the last few years, for me personally, what I've been guided to, what I witness, um, what I hear from from others and so forth has been 
that people really have been feeling kind of lost, conflicted, confused, uh, fearful, excuse me, fearful. There's a lot of fear on the planet. Um, there's, there's a lot of transformation going on, but people aren't sure exactly what that is. They're not sure exactly what that means. Um, and some of them are not, not even that they're not sure they just don't know. So there's this huge state of flux and, you know, there's also been, um, at least in, in, in my lifetime or in our lifetime, I think there's, and, and perhaps ever on this planet, but then historically speaking, you have to kind of look at that and go, well, maybe not. But I think that at least in modern times, we are experiencing the most controlled that we have ever experienced as far as society is concerned, as far as governmental control is concerned and all of that. We're experiencing all of this control. We kind of had our voice taken away. We had our choices taken away. And uh, the reason that What If I Ran the World came into being was because I wanted people to remember that they are powerful. We are all powerful. We are all co-creating this reality and things are not as they necessarily appear to be. Uh, and maybe we shouldn't ignore the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Wizard of Oz reference there. Maybe we should actually realize there is a man behind the curtain so that we recognize that, you know, we can all be those people that are actually creating this world that we're living in and not sort of feeling victimized by it. And you, and the thing is, it's about interconnectedness of mm -hmm. us to come into a place of how can we be part of this opportunity to build a better world? And that's what your podcast is bringing different subjects of how to bring truths. Well, we're really looking at what's not working in the world. I am not fearful of, of bringing that into the light. However, I am definitely under the, and as you know, you were, you were a guest. Um, I, I really work with experts from very different fields and so forth. And we talk about what's broken, but we talk about it from a perspective of like, if, if you, the expert were in charge, how would you do it differently? So we look at the problem, but we don't focus on the problem. We focus on the solution. And I did that as a point of empowerment. And at the end of the show, everybody always has to give one tip or one solution that um, will really empower people should they choose to take it on something simple. Uh, and uh, that's the reason for the entire show. And I will be doing that to you at the end of my show, but I'll call it a sparkle awesome. tip. Cool. So now I also know you are a huge animal advocate and you just released a new Oracle deck. Would you like to tell people a little bit about that? So a project of mine, I work with a, a girlfriend. Uh, she does these amazing doggy doodles. You know, she's another visual artist, but she does. Um, they are the essence of dogs. They're, they're really gorgeous and sweet and cute. And, and um we, and she's spiritual in her own right. She does some, some different things. And we decided to create something called the Temple of Dog. And the Temple of Dog, which, which has some cats in it too, um, because I have some cats too. So, so there you go. I'm a lover of all animals. But um, they're called Temple Cats, by the way. Uh, the Temple of Dog is actually teachings for humans from the dog, from, from the heart of dog. So it's teachings for human beings from the heart of dog. So we use sort of the, the way that dogs are, the way that animals are as a way of referencing um, how people can be, you know, because animals have a, a very different innocence and connection and connectiveness and freedom and a presence and being in the moment and all those things come very naturally to them. That is how they are. Um, and really 
that's a lot of how we aren't. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what happened. And, and it's really interesting. We're in pre-launch phase right now, but we've been at some events and the Oracle deck has been there and we've had people pull cards and they see these really cute cards. Like they're, they're, I wish I had one here to show you, but I, I don't right now, uh, but they're, they're adorable and you can see them on the website at temple of dog, but they, they, you think that they're going to be really cute and sweet. And so they like, they think they're going to find something on the back. It's going to be really cute and sweet. And I channeled the meanings on the back. So it's her art and my channeled meanings. And it's been really fascinating because the meanings are very genuine and very authentic and very much of the higher self. Um, So it's been really cool to see people really be touched and in some cases get a tear, you know. So that's really cool. We're actually going to do the hard launch in February of 2023. That's beautiful. Now, speaking of pets, I'm a huge animal lover. I love my furry babies, but I haven't had a furry baby probably last four years. Hmm. And that was my Miss Jazzy. And, and believe it or not, my little Miss Jazzy, she was uh, a tortie and she had a voice and that cat sang and that cat spoke words. I love you, mama. And she had a voice like Mariah Carey, not kidding you. And she used to have a little habit of going down to um, one of my other houses. I haven't been there. I'm since I moved and we used to have a basement and she would go down the basement and for five minutes, she would just belt this meows. And at the time I'd be like, why are you doing that? Now it's interesting until a few months ago, I went to a pet medium and Jazzy connected with her. And, and as when you're a pet medium, you don't see exactly how humans do. And like you said, Right. It's for the eyes of the dog or the eyes of the cat. Right. And I asked that one question to the pet medium. I said, why does she sing like that? Even though I had an idea, she goes, she loved to hear her voice. The vibration was healing yep. for her. Yeah. And that's so. where she got the best, uh, the audio, yep. the best audio it had a good echo, good reverb. Smart. Yeah. Now moving forward, uh, this could be part of going to the other questions, but I like to bring up the new announcement that you have and it has to do with your leadership position. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, this gets into a very big topic, but just to to the little tiny abridged version for a a long time. And I mean, a long time I've looked at the financial system. Now that's partially because um, of some of my own practice, my private practice. I've, I've spent the last couple of decades working with a lot of, practitioners and entrepreneurs and experts and so forth and helping them to develop very healthy relationship to money. And that was really the side effect. What I was really doing was helping them get through the the traumas and the patterning that had them in sort of a lack mentality. It was just, they noticed it a lot more in the money. The money's where it was hurting, you know? So um, because of that, I also though have had this huge awareness of like what's happening this, this whole financial world and this whole resource-based world. And and with the, what I call the sickness in the world today, which I think is greed, um, that's my humble opinion. I think greed is a massive sickness on the planet. Um, and, you know, how is this going to keep working? And especially in the last couple of years, she's, um, you know, here in North America, anyway, it's just the 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 price of things, the, the way, the quality of life, all of those things. How are we going to maintain this? How are we going to even, how it's just going to break at some point. Well, I happen to believe it's been broken for a while, uh, but I knew that, you know, I, I know in my heart that there is such a reality as an equal value system. 
that means that because we're here and we're alive, we have the right to be here and be alive and we have the right to thrive and we don't need to exchange anything for that. We just work together and provide for one another. Uh, but I know that we're not there, right? We're, we're really not there yet. So there needs to be a bridge. There needs to be a way out of this old system and into something different. And so I've been putting it into the universe for a, for a long time and looking at different things. And finally, uh, something found me and it was just this resounding yes. And it's the the peer-to-peer, what they call the peer-to-peer gifting economy. Uh, it is an entire economic structure. It is supported by community. And what makes me really excited is the community that uh, our, our official name is now the uh, New Earth Co-Creators. And uh, we're in nine different countries at the moment. And we are, we, we have a self-sustaining decentralized system that is legal and um and we're about creating not just the economy but the the community itself so our community as you might imagine is a lot of people who are bringing skill sets and and vision and healing and light uh to the planet a lot of people who are we're looking at biodynamic farmers we're looking at all different walks of life that are kind of coming together wanting to create the new earth so all the different things that you would imagine it would take are the different types of people that we're actually attracting to the community. And that's what we're working on. And we are building it out as a structured community and economy or economy and community, whichever way you want to look at it. So it's the, it's the complete vision and, um, and it's never existed uh, it's ever on the planet. I mean, we're not talking barter. We're not, we're, we're talking about something that, has been practiced in different forms in ancient times, um, different cultures, uh, where the, you know, everybody collectively works to support each other, um, and, and lift, lift each person up and the person who gets lifted up reaches back to lift the next person up and so forth. Um, so, uh, there's also the, the, the idea, the African culture, I believe is Mbutu, um, or, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, so forgive me if I am. But that's that whole idea of gifting and supporting each other and lifting each other up. So the premise has existed for a while, uh, but uh, this is a very concrete endeavor, and there are a lot of people involved. And um, the system itself has already generated millions of dollars, literally. Um, So it's been quite an adventure, and we're really just at the beginning. That's wonderful to hear. Now, please share with me the meaning of community to you. You mentioned community just recently, but what is community to you? Well, you know, if there was a different word to use, I would use it. Um, And here's my reason why. Uh, I think that we have been in community before and the community has broken down. I feel like we've been in tribes before. But tribes have ultimately broken down. They've they've gone to war with one another and so forth. I, I really I would love to find a, a different word because I feel like you know anytime we attach something that has a, a historical reference, we have we run the risk of of bringing that past forward. However, um, community, which is the way I like to say it, is community, um, is really to me people that um, you know of like mind and like heart um, that are 
are are literally finding their interdependence together. So uh, as human beings, we are interdependent. We need one another. We're not meant to be alone. We're not meant to be our own little island. That's not to say that that isn't what has happened in many cases, but we are actually not designed that way. We need one another. So this idea of interdependencies is basically, you know, yes, um, it's like, it's like the commune idea of years ago, like we'll cook, we'll do the dishes, we'll plant the fields, we'll do. That is really what a community actually is. You just need to bring it into perhaps more modern terms or maybe not. I'm not sure. Maybe part of the, the falling away has been that we've become so modernized, so reliant on technology that a lot of what we can bring together as humanity working with one another and serving life um, has been usurped. And we need to perhaps remember and reestablish that connection. So it is that come unity. It's being in unity together, not being in conflict, being in unity and being able to listen and being able to um, speak and be heard and really beginning to see each other from this moment forward, right? That's so important. I agree with you. And a lot of my articles I've written on two of my websites, especially the Serene Grace 13, my holistic website, I talk about interconnectedness. And I talk about how the, the me or the I is so separate because we have ego attached to it and we need to bring back the we as in community. And I've talked about that on my website and everything you have mentioned, just to simplify it, interconnectedness. And we need that because it balances out us, not just as one race, but individually and collectively and also our masculine and feminine energies. And I'm about to get to the next question. You had a special guest on one of your shows recently uh, on What If I Ran the World? And her name was Isabel Hunt, if I pronounce mm -hmm. that right. Yeah. And you guys talked about the sacred economy and different points of that. And one of the things you guys brought up is how to separate ourselves from the old world into the new world. What are your thoughts? Well, that's sort of like what I was touching on. Like, wouldn't it be nice if there was a different word for community? It's like, I haven't figured that one out yet. I'm not calling ourselves a pod. No, it's like, it doesn't work. We're not pod people. But, um, you know, the old world in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, so anybody listening, watching, whatever, take what's true for you, let go of the rest, please. Um, I, I believe it's when we create something new, we reference it from our forward space, meaning we may not know the answer, but we're not looking to our history to somehow find that answer. We're looking to construct something new and something different. So I'm not saying that we don't bring our knowledge forward because we do. And, you know, the idea that don't stand in the middle of the road and get hit by a car. Well, that's knowledge we want to bring forward. Don't hold your hand over an open flame. OK, yes, we want to bring that forward. So we want to bring knowledge forward. We want to have our wisdom, but we don't necessarily want to refer to our our history as the place where the answers live. Because that's not true unless we want to repeat our history over and over and over again. Then, sure, history is really great for that. And I think that life on the planet has proven that. You know, I don't know how many wars we have to wage, uh, whether official or unofficial, um, before we can actually admit war does not work. But war these days is for profit. So 
it's working for somebody. It's just not working for the planet. Right. So, you know, these things just don't, they, they don't work. This is the old world way of thinking. Greed does not work. Why is greed so prevalent? Why do so few have the power over so many? And that's an illusion, but it's, it's a, it's a very tangible illusion on this planet right now. Um, it's because, you know, it's never enough. There are certain people that they, they are trying definitely to, to find their way and to, to, you know, and their way is just to acquire as much as they possibly can. They need to have the biggest house on the hill and drive the fastest car and have the biggest bank accounts. And when they have all of that, it's still not enough. And it's still not enough. So that's where I think a lot of this comes from. And to me, that's very old world, because how is that any different than thousands of years ago when, you know, the Lord of the land literally, you know, lived, took everything off of the peasant's backs and that's how they lived and they felt entirely entitled to so history is that so we want to carry forward wisdom we want to carry forward knowledge and we want to look to our future to our vision to our guidance to our higher self our higher conscious to our collective um, to actually find new solutions so hopefully that makes sense and that comes down to um, false idols or attachments that we have in the modern day world uh, that's been around for a long time and that comes an illusion and people don't realize that is that that where it comes down to this is what i need to feel happy instead of finding happiness from within themselves and i feel that a lot that's fear driven and we create this scarcity mindset instead of an abundant mindset. Well, we don't necessarily create it. It's created within our, our, our society and we believe it. We buy into it, right? So that would be creating it. It is a collective creation. An individual left to their own that's doing fine will not just all of a sudden create a scarcity mindset. Uh, the scarcity mindset, scare city, right? The scarcity mindset comes from the consciousness around. It's a collective thing that creates this scared mindset. And this brought up one other quick little thing I wanted to just mention, you know, the I to the we, um, there is something in stewardship for me that, that actually answered what is steward, what is community to me? It is stewardship. It's being good stewards. The first person that you have to be a steward to is yourself, So the I is actually incredibly important. We have to take care of ourselves um, in order to actually be able to take care of other people. So, you know, the I to the we is not negating the I, right? We have to realize that we are, because we are a reflection. Everything that we are is a reflection. The life that we are living is a reflection of everything that we are. That's the most fascinating thing about being a human being on this planet. We have individual consciousness. So even right now, our experience of this is uniquely yours and uniquely mine. So it's like we we bringing ourselves into a place of, of self-realization. That's what is is at the at the end of all of this that's what we're looking to seek and find and we will find it in the eyes of one another we will not just find it looking in the mirror and you're right there needs to be a balance of the i and the we and that comes down to interconnectedness and also you gotta love yourself first before you can love others you need a healthy sense of i and then comes in the we 
And that's not to say that people are not, you know, um, loving in their own right to the best of their ability. Uh, absolutely. You can feel like you're the most loving person in the world. And that's a beautiful thing. If you do not love yourself, though, then you have no idea the capacity of love that is still available to you. So it's, it's important to understand when we say something like that, that doesn't mean that you're not capable of loving to the best of your ability. You know, it's, it's, it's a different sort of dance. Yes, yes. And that's wonderful. And we're going to expand on that. We're about to go to a break. Now, we're going to take a brief intermission. I am Shine Bright with Serene Grace on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I shall return after a few commercial breaks. Ready to shift your outlook and find your shining purpose in life? Are you seeking to empower yourself and create a positive impact within today's world? Everyone has a sparkle within them that has a divine imprint to follow with free will and choices, along with divine guidance. These factors together will help you on the journey of life and lead to awakening the inner you that can shape your future in an empowering way. Join our host, Shining Bright, with Serene Grace, with each episode on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, and start the journey today. You are listening to Shining Bright with Serene Grace. We hope you're ready to transform yourself and awaken the inner you. Now, back to the show with Serene. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Shine Bright with Serene Grace on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, let's return to my guest, Reverend Deborah Bishop. Hi, Deborah. Welcome back. Hi. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm so glad to have you here. I'm enjoying our conversation. It's very enlightening. Good. (laughs) I think so because you have a wealth of knowledge that the world needs to hear. And now, I like to talk about, uh, as we were first before we went to break, we were talking about a healthy I and a healthy we and how we need to have a balance in that. And, you know, I said earlier something about masculine and feminine energy, so which is probably known as duality. And what are your thoughts on that? Like having or how does duality play out with our balancing out our masculine feminine energies, especially with community? Yeah, duality is a very interesting dance, and we all have it, you know, and there's some that have the astrological signs, and they really get nailed with it, because they've got, like, the Gemini twins, or the Pisces, you know, they're just like, oh, which was my mother and father, by the way, (laughs) so there was, like, four people in that marriage, Um, but duality is is really, it is that dance between the masculine and feminine, the yin and the yang, Uh, but it's also the light and the dark, it's the shadow nature, you know, it's, it's all of those things, and Really, it gets down to embracing, from an individual standpoint, it gets down to really embracing all that we are, which is not necessarily, um, it sounds so simple, but simple and easy are not related, okay? So the simple idea is we embrace all that we are. The hardship around it is that we have so much programming that's already gone on since we were very, that, that started between zero and six, that has already denied so much of who we are, that embracing that part of ourself can be very challenging because we have something going on in our brain that's wired into our nervous system that's already telling us that we can't. Can you hear that behind me? Can you hear this groaning? <laughs> that is my 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 dog. So excuse me for that. He's sort of confirming all of those things as we talk. Chicks. Okay, there we go. Um, 
so we we have this voice going on in our in our in our unconscious that's telling us that you know that there's something bad something broken something damaged shouldn't go there whatever it may be our survival kicks in all those things kick in so as much as uh, and that's a really fast version but as much as we want to embrace all parts of ourselves there are parts of ourselves that we have literally shoved into the darkest corners that we've bricked over and concreted over and, and bound up in every way possible that we actually require undoing to embrace, to actually bring back so that we can heal those parts of us. Once that's done, we have the capacity of incredible um, unification within ourselves and balance within ourselves. Um, embracing the masculine and feminine has nothing to do with sexual orientation at all. Um, it has everything to do with being whole, being healed, and and free to express. There are masculine and feminine rays. We come in on a creation. We don't come in on both. We come in on one or the other. Women can come in on masculine rays. Men can come in on feminine rays. They're my favorite kind of guy, by the way. When men comes in on a feminine ray, it's delightful. Um, but again, it has nothing to do with their sexual orientation. And it's really about us learning how to do the dance together. We do not need to be in a patriarchal society. We do not need to be in a matriarchal society. We need to be in a co-collaborative society. And, um, and that means that we must, must reinstate. And I can't even say that because it hasn't worked historically or it would still be here. Uh, we need to or, or we need to establish a way of communicating where listening is the essential, whether we use the talking stick or where, whatever, where we start to actually respect each other for our different opinions. Because guess what? I don't expect everybody's going to agree with me. Some of what I think is way out there and some of it is, you know, uh, very woo-woo. Others are very practical, very logical, but all of it is what I've come to understand life to be. Somebody else with totally different experiences may have completely different understanding. That doesn't mean I don't want to hear it. That doesn't mean I don't want to listen. I do. And I respect it. Even if we completely disagree with one another, I respect their right to do that. That's what I believe it's going to take to be in balance. And one, when it comes to the masculine and feminine energies, we all have it. And I always say we're androgynous. Mm. And it all has come down to free will of how you want to engage in all those energies. And some people are not fully aware of it and others are. And as part of our spiritual journey to balance out the masculine and feminine. And then also you talk about compassion listening. Compassion listening is very important. And also how you respond too, because I think today people don't know how to react anymore when it comes to boundaries, spiritual and spiritual boundaries and physical boundaries of how to react now these days because everyone's so overstimulated there's so much of the stacking effect of this chaos energy and how do we work for all this it's so much people and, are in uh, defense mode they're completely in this right. defensive state of mind when you talk to somebody who's in, de in a defensive state of mind whatever you say to them they're hearing it as judgment they're hearing it as somehow they're wrong you know there's something wrong with them and so it it already negates the ability to really have communication you got somebody who's defensive they're looking for what you're saying is something's wrong with them and that always gets back to the seed that we believe something's actually wrong otherwise we wouldn't think that way and then we're already defending and then the person who's going i didn't mean it that way 
is is stuck because now they're not even having the conversation that they're trying to have and it just unravels from there and there's such fear of confrontation because again they're they're the art of debate has disappeared it's not okay right. for us to have different points of view and that's ridiculous because we're 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 human beings with individual consciousness we cannot exist any other way than to have different points of view now this is interesting i'm going to turn this around on you so i i agree the the art of how to relate is no longer in existence or people are not aware of it or forgotten about it and it's called manners and i always say that i am the reincarnated of emily post the author of manners because <laughs> i also have an etiquette flair that's why i have my other website um beinspiringpeacockpost.com and it's interesting i i remember in your show with your guest Isabel Hunt mm-hmm. you talked about past lives and how do past lives play over in our current lifetime so let's just briefly touch upon that a little bit and I remember hearing your interview with her and you guys talked about Atlantis would you like to say anything about that well just in general um it existed <laughs> but <laughs> well, you like to know about specifically but um, it ties into the past lives in the current lifetimes today right. how are things coming in this lifetime especially when it comes to with interconnectedness and how we evolve as humanity well, you know it's it's like saying we don't want history to repeat itself atlantis was an incredible example of of society reaching this incredible high this, this highest consciousness, this incredible space of living in, in just, you know, nirvana in a way. Like Atlantis was that for a, a minute. But this, this, like they said, the sickness of greed at that point, I'm not sure it was, it, well, greed articulates in so many ways that it comes back to that same emotion, but it was power. It was the, the hunger for power, the need for more. Somebody felt a deficit in amongst all that perfection and decided that they needed to have something that they didn't have. And instead of asking for it or perhaps working towards it or doing it, they, instead they took it, you know, and that's really where the, the beginning of the end happened with Atlantis. That's also what happened with Lemuria. We, we're in that place again, like it's the end of something. If we do this, like if we really continue to play the game, the way that it's being played, right at this moment in time i don't believe the earth is going to like blow up i don't believe that at all i do believe however that that human beings will be relocated someplace else where we can do no more harm um and and this will be a failed experiment if you will um because we will have just in essence blown ourselves up if you will i don't like to use that term i don't mean it literally i mean it metaphorically but it's like you know we're just going to like be transported someplace else because you know the noble experiment has has failed and this planet is a very very valuable planet so um it's not going to be allowed to just go poof and nature is a very powerful force as we're seeing we're seeing way more um natural events that are happening um that some of them are not natural some of them are very um messed with but nature ultimately will have the last word so we either need to move into a unification which is really what we're designed to do not just with one another but also with this planet or 
you know, we're going to have to deal with the consequences. And that's what happened in Atlantis. That's what happened in Lemuria. That's what has happened in, in other cultures that have existed before us. And uh, that's why it's time for something new. And, you know, I could go way out there and say that there are other planets that have gone through this evolution very successfully and are thriving very, very well. And, you know, and, and they're watching what we're doing very, very closely. But we also have to go through the the evolution we have to go through it that's why we're here uh we can't they can't just sort of zap us out or wave a magic wand and make us all get it we actually are here to have this experience so you know we, we are a, a very well watched planet at this time i agree and going back to briefly touch upon mother Ner- mother earth excuse me mother earth is a beautiful gem and she doesn't provide for us but she provides for other species and the elements and right now i think she's going through a detoxifying phase to kind of get everyone's attention say hello that's why you see a lot of extreme weather patterns earthquakes rise sea levels and also she's responding to the way we're treating each other as one race in some degree and i do feel like there is going to be a spiritual shift in the next few years for us to hopefully get it or some of us and the others we don't know everyone has to walk their path i do want to ask you this what do you think of the term oneness how we get back to oneness and also how do we raise our vibrations to heal one another how can we help each other out so with oneness you know i hear to me i'll 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 redefine oneness as stewardship i'll redefine becoming a good steward of oneself in order to become a steward of your brother, your sister, your community, in order to then become a steward of the planet. So to me, oneness is the recognition of the interconnectedness. Uh, We are all alive. We all deal with energy. We are a frequency, we are a vibration. Well, guess what? So we're trees, so are rocks. I think they don't vibrate. They absolutely do. So is the water. So are your sacred two-leggeds, four-leggeds, your wingeds, your swimmers, your crawlers, your slitherers. We are, we, are, we are at one with all of that. We energetically interconnect. And, um, you know, I think that Mother Gaia um, actually does and can provide for us um, when we move in rhythm with her. But what we've done is we've, we've disconnected from the rhythm in the name of, you know, technology in the name of commercialization. We don't farm the land properly at all. So we're killing off levels of her soil. Not that she can't restore it, but, but we certainly can't, not the way we're going about it. Humans can't restore the balance of, of the soil. Earth has to do that, but we can work in harmony with that to help her do that. Go back to the ways of farming, go back to resting, resting fields and pastures and, and the integratedness of all of that. Um, I think that uh, the death industry, which is basically our food industry on a large scale, um, that really has to be looked at because there, there is no oneness in that. That is that is that is a death industry. It is a horrid industry. I'm I'm sorry. I say it with all due respect I, to anybody who may be working in it or has different feelings about it. Um, I choose to eat the way that I eat because I I can't get behind the treatment 
of other life. I'm not saying, I'm not preaching everybody should be vegan. I'm, I'm not preaching that. I, I don't know that. I don't, I have no idea if everybody should be vegan. Animals eat other animals. Um, I do know though, that the literal level of disrespect, the acknowledgement of treating them like they, they have no life, they have no feeling, they have no sentience, no, no consciousness. Um, that, that is not oneness. That is like the shredding and the devastation. That is the darkness. And, uh, and we need to look at that and come out of it and, and, and make some choices uh, that would allow us to um, all feel better uh, in ways that you may not even imagine because it's a frequency. So even if you are a vegan, you're still living in this frequency that allows for these things to happen. So you may be in a higher level of it. That frequency, though, is still affecting. So this is not something that one person's choices can just like radically change. It's, it's, it can radically change one person's life. However, we are not gifted anymore with so few people on the planet that we can, we can just be in our own little world and, and know that everything's great. Uh, we have billions of people on this planet. We have a collective consciousness, which we're learning to somehow handle. And uh, so our choices are reflected into the world and the choices that we are not making are still reflecting back to us. So it gets very messy. <laughs> oneness is all of that, though. We cannot, you know, the only way we can leave that oneness on this planet is to leave this planet. And that's not the answer. It is truly not the answer. So, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's an unfolding story at this moment in time because it has not been told yet. And it's the energy of give and receive mm-hmm. bounce back and forth now i talk about vibrations how can we help heal one another um do you have anything else you want to add to that especially how people can come together and be more a community how anything people else? can help heal one another is really quite fascinating um first of all i preach this and i will always preach this um we must heal ourselves if we are not healed we aren't healing anything because we're not healed. So, um, and I mean that like, it's not like you can't make a difference. That's not what I mean. I just mean that to the capacity that you are capable of healing is to the capacity that you are capable of healing. Hopefully that makes sense. So if we're walking around with wounds, we may be able to help somebody who's more wounded than us get a little less wounded. But once they hit the point of woundedness that we're at, that's as far as we can take them. That's as far as we can help them, right? So it becomes our greatest responsibility, the ability to respond to our space, our wholeness, our consciousness. The more that we become attuned and say, yeah, this is who I choose to be. These are my choices. That story does not serve me. I can tell a different story. The more we become that reflection to the rest of society, then we're able to say, hey, let me turn this light on for you. You need to look around the room, but let me turn the light on. You know, um, maybe maybe I'm going to draw an arrow on the wall as to what direction you might move in. But, you know, I have to walk that in order to even know where that arrow might be. So in my opinion, even in community, we must first, you know, it's like, okay, well, who's going to take out the trash? Okay, well, we all need to actually take out our trash. 
right? Is the truth of it. If you just rely on Joe over there to take out the trash all the time, well, one day Joe's going to be really sick and tired of taking out the trash for everybody. And he's not going to want to do it anymore. And he's really going to be angry. And he's going to create a whole nother level of toxicity because he's tired of taking out the trash. So we actually all have to take out our trash. We And, and we might do that in rotation community. We might, this is my day, this is your day, whatever it is, we actually have to take the accountability, the responsibility, again, the ability to respond um, for our own actions, our own truths, and our own listening, and our own words, uh, and our own energies. And by doing that, we lift everything up. I agree on that. I feel it's about setting an example. So, and sometimes we have to keep setting that example of what we do and create a positive impact, a positive vibration for people to see that there's something to it and it grows. It's like, you know, it's like when you have uh, negativity, it comes like a virus. Everyone else catches that and they have that mindset. It's the same when you have an abundant mindset and you think positive and you do positive examples. And even when you have other distractions, there might be moments you might feel self-defeated. You have to keep finding a way to keep going forward and keep be in your sacred space, be, be in that example to right, grow. You're talking about masculine and feminine, right? Negative right. and positivity are also the same thing. They're the yin and the yang. So you can't abolish negativity and say, oh no, negativity can never come in because that's impossible. It's impossible not to. Even earlier today, I like let out a chain of profanity, you know, it's just like, oops, you know, because something happened and I was just totally frustrated because it happened on the chain of few things and and there it was and i i cuss every once in a while and it's all energy it's all okay and at least when i get it out i don't hold on to it right that could be seen as negativity it was me releasing the energy in perhaps not the most eloquent way but heck i'm a human being and i know those words and they sometimes come out um and that's okay and what if somebody could come and say, now I'm not talking about somebody who just wants to be on a, a loop all the time and just live in this vibration and never come out of it. I'm talking about somebody who just comes in and and they don't even realize. And, you know, it's, I, I kind of want to make sure that it's okay. Like if you really are feeling negative about a situation, it's okay to say, I feel negative about this situation. I feel like it's this, I feel like it's that, but notice how I'm saying it. I feel negative about the situation. I feel like it might be this. I think it could be that. Where we go wrong with this, where it can become this virus that you're talking about is, it is this, and this is how it is, and this is the way it is, and that's what you meant, and that's how you said it, and that's what you were saying to me, and that's how you were, and you were judging me. That's where we run into trouble because we're not now saying this is how I feel and this is what I'm thinking and this is what might happen or this is what I thought you said. We're telling somebody what they said to us. We're telling them how they feel. We're telling them what a life event's going to mean. We're telling them what's going to happen. We're telling them that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt and we don't. And that's where we have to really begin to learn how to take a moment and start to hear what we're actually saying. Because if you treat life like it's a big drive-through window, then you start to pay attention to your words because every word you speak is kind of an order going out into the cosmos. And the chefs out there in the universe have no attachment to what you're ordering. <laughs> so you, you want to start to become aware. But taking responsibility, it just comes back to me being able to say, I'm feeling this way. And then right. people, for people to say, oh, what do you mean that I did that? I said, wait a minute. I didn't say you did it. I said, right. Feeling. And, and, right? 
you're right. I, I agree on um, what you're saying. And also I think it comes down to having a healthy dose of how to deal with the ego. I think ego is like a barometer and we are made of the yin yang. We have the dark and light of our duality. Like we have the masculine and feminine and there's the word is harmony and balance. And it takes practice to do that. And I think we're on this planet to learn compassion and also to practice that. And it's not one size fits all. Everyone has a different path that comes back to oneness. Would you say just briefly? It is not one size fits all by any means. We're not all in the same place by any means. And that doesn't mean anything. That just means that some are, you know, we have the younger souls, we have the older souls, we have transcendental souls. Um, and a lot of the children being born are very wise. We know we're going to have to humble ourselves a little bit for some of the young ones coming up um, to realize that they have a great message and that it's time to listen. And that's really what it comes back to. We are having to learn how to listen not to artificial intelligence and technology and likes and all of that. That is such a major distraction. It is like we have to recognize what's pulling us off center and what we're making valuable. And I got to say to anybody who's hearing this, if what you feel is valuable is representing a life that you would like to have online so that people believe you've got it all together, it's time to listen to your deeper truth because ah, there's a separation. Yes. Right. Deeper truth, the deeper truth things. And one thing about the new souls coming in this lifetime, and they you use the word humble, is seeing that pure light that we all have in us. And sometimes we have to reconnect with us and our higher selves. And they're transcendental. They're transcendental souls. Like That's a wonderful word, too, to, to say. Yeah. yeah. Now, moving forward, uh, I know we're about to come to the end of the show. Do you have any upcoming new projects? And how can people get in contact with you? I always have upcoming new stuff. Right now, I'm focused, really focused, though, on the uh, co new, new Earth co-creators. I'm really focused on um, building and supporting that that community, that peer-to-peer -peer community, peer-to-peer -peer economy, and really building that as a solid platform because people are searching. We can't end one system and just say, okay, you know, we actually need to implement something else. So I really believe it's a, it's a beautiful answer to what's going on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm teaching more workshops. Uh, again, I'm playing more shows. There's the conscious music uh, festival that's coming up on March 18th that I'm helping to put together. It'll be virtual to start. So the best way is really just to go to my website. Um, it's I, you can go to welcome to Bishop World, B-I-S-H-O-P, world welcome to bishopworld.com that is the world that i run um and it's called bishop world because there are, are diversities there i also have started to release my art my visual art uh, it's called energetic art they are um energy pieces they're actually energy totems um so when you bring them into your home or your space they hold that home and that that space uh, i'm working on several different guided mindful practices and some new music so there's, there's a lot. So just go to welcome to bishopworld.com. Or if you don't want to wait and you just want to get on my calendar and you want to talk to me, um, I do a clarity session or anything like that. Uh, you can go to book Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, bishop, book Deborah, bishop.com. That will put you right onto my calendar. That's fantastic. And one last question. Any last spark sparkle tips you'd like to share with the world that you would like to leave a puzzle sparkle with? Yes. I want to give somebody the, the, the affirmation thing. I'm teaching a workshop on this very shortly. Uh, 
the affirmations, everybody uses I am affirmations. I'm going to suggest that you stop with the I am's for a little while. Just pick the word that you want. If it's love, if it's abundance, if it's wealth, if it's health, if it's vibrance, just pick the word that you want and just say the word. When we use I am and we're not ready for that our, and, our, and our nervous system is confronted by it, it actually disempowers us. So let that go and just find like, I am abundant. Great. Just work with the word abundant. Work with the word wealth. Work with the word listening. Work with the word great, right? Just let the vibration of the frequency enter your body. It will do the same thing and your nervous system will not resist it. That is wonderful advice. And thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. It was great to be here. And I always enjoy working with you. And thank you for bringing such a positive sparkle on today's show called The Gifted Economy, How It Might Change Your World. And you brought such an enlightening, insightful thoughts. And I have enjoyed hearing you. And I got to say, until next time, we shall meet. And I would hope to have another wonderful, insightful uh, topic and have you back on the show. Now you know we will. And it's always a pleasure, Serene. Always a pleasure. Everyone, I'd like to thank you for listening to my show today. I'm Shine Bright with Serene Grace on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until next time, have a blessed day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shining Bright with Serene Grace. We hope we have inspired you today and helped you on your journey to awaken the inner you, the empowered you. Until we talk again, have an enlightening week. 